We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEM. Oh, it's a massive show. We're going to do footy Tinder because we didn't get to do it on Tuesday. Hugh McCluggage from the Lions is going to join us, Joe. Wanting to talk AFLW, we'll talk A-League, we'll talk Bathurst, we'll talk a whole lot of stuff. Uh, yes, indeed. Welcome to the Sporting Capital. Great to have you on board. I hope you've had as good a day as you possibly can, however you've been putting it in, wherever you've been putting it in. It's great to have you with us here now, uh, and you can call in at any stage as well, and you can do so uh, on the Harcourts open line. Your move, your Harcourts, for all things real estate, speak to Harcourts. For all things sport, I'd love it if you'd speak to me. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 We just changed the number uh, during the Maccas run as we're part of Trade Radio at the same time. So if that has been a little bit confusing, um, never fret, never fear. The old number is here, one three hundred, or the regular numbers here, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Text in at any stage on the Forty Wings Temper text line zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. Forty Winks is serious about sleep. There is a ton on the show over the next three hours that I'm looking forward to sharing with you and looking forward to chatting to you about. Uh, we didn't get to do Footy Tinder on a Tuesday night, uh, and it's a very exciting edition of Footy Tinder because Lincoln, who's been producing uh, this show over the last couple of weeks, is making his on-air debut to present Footy Tinder. I'll introduce him in just a moment. After 8 o'clock, Brisbane Lion humour cluggage, fresh off a second place uh, in the Lions' best and fairest the Merritt Murray medal, uh, is going to join us. He's going to spend his off-season doing something really fascinating and, and really generous for charity, which I'm going to tell you a little bit more about as well. Uh, Joe Watton, who's been calling the AFLW with Channel 7 uh, for the last couple of years now, has called on SEN and AFL Nation as well. We're going to preview uh, round uh, this round's action of AFLW. Um, we're going to speak uh, with Michael Lamentana about uh, Bathurst this week. It's the end of an era at Bathurst as well. It'll be the last time that you see Holden's going around the mountain. We'll talk A-League. hockey. We'll talk Hockey 1 as well. Um, the very fast and furious and fun-paced um, Hockey 1 League, which has started last week. Um, normally when we talk hockey, we're talking kookaburras, Oli, uh, hockey roos. Um, this is a fantastic competition that's uh, happening uh, all around Australia um, and we're going to find out a little bit more about it, speaking to one of our best uh, hockey goalkeepers of all time. Um, but why don't we get started? Oh, by the way, if you've got any trade stuff you want to talk about as well, um, I just uh, read a little story out before uh, Fox Sports saying that the Giants might come and make a play for North Melbourne's pick one. There's a whole lot that could happen with a three-way deal for Jason Horn francis and what that leaves North Melbourne. There was only one deal done today, Josh Corbett getting from the Gold Coast Suns to the Fremantle Dockers in exchange for a future fourth-round selection. If you want to talk cricket, Aussies and their performance last night against the West Indies, uh, call that game with Darren Chuck Berry, and we spent a lot of time laughing. It was quite... Quite comedic, 
um, some of the goings-on during that game. But uh, uh, Australia got the win uh, in the end. West Indies snatched defeat from the jaws of victory, dropped two catches in that final over, uh, and Australia got the win, uh, courtesy of Matty Wade, and Aaron Finch got his third half century of 2022 in T20 cricket. There's some news about Live Golf that I'll share with you, so there's a ton to talk about, but why don't we get stuck in uh, to this. On the Sporting Capital, it's time to start swiping with Footy Tinder. There was no one more disappointed that we didn't do Footy Tinder on Tuesday night than the man who, uh, the young man who's been producing this show for the last couple of weeks. He's been doing uh, the Macca's run on the trade radio as well and sticking around to do the sporting capital as well. Uh, Lincoln, Alan, hello to you. Hello, Sam. Long time listener, first time co host. It's great to be here. <laughs> oh, co host. You've elevated yourself all the way to co host. First segment, I'll call it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Lincoln, please tell uh, us a little bit about yourself. Um, oh, 21. I've moved to Melbourne from Perth and I'm just. Mm. Got the best job in the world, working with you on night <laughs> time at SEN, so loving it. Flattery will uh, get you everywhere. Um, Lincoln Allen, no relation to Ben Allen, eh? Uh, no, I don't, I don't get... Uh, no one asks that too often, but there may be a slight relation, yes. He's my, he's my dad. So. Uh, there we go. Just a, sli- <laughs> just a slight... Just a really th- thin connection. Yeah. Uh, I cried when your old man left Hawthorne and went to Fremantle. I cried when Darren Jarman went to Adelaide as well. Who'd you cry more over? Uh, Darren Jarman. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. Sorry, Ben. Uh, it's great to have you on board. So you've put together Footy Tinder uh, this week. And for if you don't know, uh, Footy Tinder is where we play some of the biggest statements made by some of the biggest sta- uh, names in the game um, about football matters. And we swipe left if we disagree. We swipe right if we agree. We get one super like. Any more than one super like, you have to start paying. And just like real Tinder, if you have to start paying for it, there's an issue. So um, you can play along, you can text in your responses, swipe left, swipe right, left if you disagree, right if you agree, you can call in and have a chat about what we put on the agenda too. So you've put all this together, I haven't seen it, where are we starting please? What's the first item we're swiping on? Um, The addition of Tim Taranto puts the Tigers into serious premiership contention for 2023. Let's have a listen. He's a really good player, Tim Taranto. He's the sort of player that Richmond are doing now, you think, okay, they they can take us where we need to go. That was Gary Lyon, uh, who's definitely in agreement with you. Uh, I'm swapping right on that. I, I rate Tim Taranto incredibly highly. Um, Matt Randell has said it to me before. Every other recruiter that you speak to has said it before. Judge someone on what their very best is. And Tim Taranto's very best was the best and fairest in their grand final year of 2019. 26 matches that year. He's 24 years old and he's the same age as Dion Prestia when he joined Richmond ahead of the 2017 season. And look how that that worked out. Exactly. Uh, So I'm swapping right on that. Um, I think that it it adds a – and not only what he adds to their midfield, what he's able to do in there, and as long as he can stay fit because there's been some injuries uh, over the years, but what he can also do when he goes forward because they've deployed him as a replacement for Toby Green when Toby Green's had to sit out games and he becomes that option inside forward 50. So he's got strings to the bow. Um, so I really like that one. I'm swapping right uh, on that. What's the next bit of audio I'm playing? Paddy Dow would get a regular AFL game at most clubs. Well, let's have a listen to Kane Corns speaking about that. I don't think Paddy Dow's an AFL player. I'm, I'm calling that one out. Five seasons into his AFL career, I know he's a high draft pick. If you cannot get a game and you're only playing four games in your fifth season of football and they really struggle to find a home for you wherever that is in the midfield... I don't think he's good enough, so I think that's spin. Yeah. So I'm uh, – so what was the question again? 
Paddy Dow would get regular AFL games at most clubs? Most. Now, I'd have to declare a bias because Paddy Dow did come through the Bendigo Pioneers and we all know my um, just unadulterated and unashamed bias to all things Bendigo. Um, most. I'm going to have to swap left on that. I agree with Sauce that I think that there is senior football for him somewhere. Um, I don't know if it's most, so I'd swipe left. But I think there'd be several clubs that would take Paddy Dow and I think that he could find his way into the midfield and I think he could find his way to cement his spot. There's a big thing. So Luke Power, who's just been announced, by the way, as the uh, Carlton's uh, twos coach, I think, for next year. But he came up as a development coach and is widely considered one of the best at it. He coached um, representative squads uh, through the under-18s and under-16s. He's joined Carlton over the last couple of years. Um, I have a feeling that if he had been there, with all due respect, because that maybe things would be a bit different for Paddy Dow, who played midfield earlier in his career uh, under Brendan Bolton, I reckon it was, didn't get so much under David Teague. Michael Voss comes along, and it's not Michael Voss, I wouldn't have thought, but the fact is that when Michael Voss came, so too did George Hewitt, so too did Adam Chera, Matt Kennedy got fit, so there's not the opportunities for him at the moment that there would have been. Where you go, where you end up, this is a belief I have, where you end up is actually more important than what number your name's called out. So where you get called to, I think, is more important than what number you get called to. Got another one on Paddy Dow then. Do you think the criticism in the criticism of him is justified? So it's tended to be around um, disposal um, and his disposal efficiency. But if we... If I go and have a look at some of the numbers, I, I, I think that he moves well. Um, there's a couple of times there's been frustration from Carlton fans that you see him do a couple of really good things um, and then he goes and does something that has you thumping the desk. But that's of most young players, I, I would have thought. So, no, I, I don't think the criticisms is justified. Um, I, I think there is a place for him to play. Your question was, would it be most? Um, and I don't know if... It would be most, but certainly it would be a lot. of uh, Certainly it would be several clubs that I think would take him. Um, played 20 games in 2018. He was picked two in the 2017 draft. He went behind Cam Rayner. 20 games in his first year, 19 in his second, and then he went three, 17 and four. So there's, foot, there's good football in him. I think Brayshaw might have been picked two in 2017. 2016. 2016, okay. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, 2016. Because Brayshaw was... Uh, who was who went number one that year? I think Rayner was in Brashaw's draft going into 2018. Yeah, no, I thought it was... Um, hang on, let me have a look at that draft. 2017 draft. I... Because Rayner went number one in his draft year. Yeah, it was... No, so McGrath... It went McGrath, Taranto, McCluggage in 2016. So what number did Paddy Dow go? Let me just have a look here to get my... He went three. So you're 100% right. And, and how dare I question you... Uh, on anything to do with the Dockers. So I went Rainer, Brayshaw, Dow, uh, Luke Davies-Uniak, Adam Chera. So there you go. The guy that went uh, a couple of picks below, uh, Paddy Dow's pretty much taken his spot. Um, <laughs> well, not that it was his spot. Uh, what's next? Dwayne Russell is correct in thinking the hysteria around Geelong is silly. Let's have a listen. Including this silly hysteria around Geelong, you'd think they've won the last three premierships the way people are carrying on about trying to bring them down. Uh, won one flag in 11 years. Um, and what a difference one win makes. I mean, if Geelong had have lost the grand final, um, 
where every critic would have been laughing and saying, ah, oh, yeah, we told you so. Too old, too slow. Why did you recruit Isaac Smith? Chris Scott can't coach. You know what hysteria would be having if Sydney won the flag, Sydney beat Geelong in the grand final? It'd be, oh, the Swans need to... We can't have those academies. What's the question? Dwayne Russell is correct in thinking the hysteria around Geelong is silly. Super like. Super like. <laughs> Absolutely super like. I was listening to Julian Disturb make a lot of sense um, about this this, uh, this afternoon on SEN. Equalisation is already working. And he gave some great examples as to why. So I'm just going to steal everything he said, repurpose it as my own. So thank you, Julian Disturb. But he spoke about that if you look back over the last, I think it's 10, 13, 15 years, I think there's only three teams that haven't played, three or four teams that haven't played in a prelim. We've got example after example of whether it be Collingwood finishing 17th last year and and making um, top four this year. Brisbane Lions going 15th to second a couple of years ago. Um, Melbourne went from outside the eight to a premiership after being a prelim to, I think, 15th after that. So we see... Swings and roundabouts, peaks and troughs. We see teams go up and we see teams come down. This is not a problem about equalisation. There's no issue with equalisation. I think we even go too far. I don't want the bottom team to get the number one draft pick. I think the team that finishes ninth should get the number one draft pick. You think the pick? Yes. That might be a separate issue. Yeah, we'll talk about that. I've talked about that before, but we will, um, we'll, talk about, uh, we'll talk about that another time. So... This is not an issue about equalisation. This is about an issue of do people want to come and play at your club? And if not, why? So he also spoke about the fact that Brisbane had... You you couldn't keep them in the door at Brisbane a few years ago. But then now they're a destination club. So when Yo and um, and, and, and Redden um, and uh, Polek and Longer... Sam Doherty. Sam Doherty. All these guys left... Everyone thinks, oh, no, it's a shambles up there. But then they get priority pick. They actually have a targeted recruiting scheme. They have a system. They have a plan in place. And now everyone wants to head up there. So, and Geelong. So this is just a, a well-run organisation, a very well-run organisation. Mature. They're not irrational. They don't make big snap judgment decisions. They think things through. They take their time. They put processes in place. They're not erratic like some clubs, they don't get spooked by media. They have a plan, they stick to it, and they're able to execute it. The, there's other clubs around who are sacking coaches after one and a half years because, oh, no, nah, the media, are, they get spooked by a lot. And then there's a shambles. Essendon's a great example of that. Apologies, but they are. Go back and have a look at all the uncertainty and unhe- upheaval over the last couple of years, and, and including the events of the last week and the last few weeks. And I'm sorry to say that it's, there's been difficult times at North Melbourne as well. But if you are a club that actually has good structures and good processes in place and, and, and stick to your plan, have faith in your people, put good people in the right positions, back those people in, sometimes there's short-term pain, but the long-term gain. And then all of a sudden you go, people go, geez, oh, here's such great things. Because players all talk. So players all talk about their experiences at their clubs. They all know each other now. And when they talk and say, you've got to see, this is unreal up here in Brizzy. This is so good down here in Geelong. That gets around. Just to confirm, you're more than happy for a team that's won the flag to have potentially Jack 
Jack Bowes, Tanner Brune, Ollie Henry and Pick 7 coming their way next year? Absolutely. Because that speaks to how well-run they are, how attractive a proposition they are. And by the way, I barrack for Hawthorne, so by rights, I hate Geelong. <laughs> the great, one of the great modern rivalries. But you can't hate a well-run and successful organisation and you can't try to take away from them because of that. I would say it says more about other clubs and about why they can't do it as opposed to why Geelong can. And it's got nothing to do with equalisation. Nothing. What's next? Uh, we might talk about Tom Mitchell now. I'm fit where Hawthorne are going. So I'm not surprised. Collingwood have said, look, I don't think we're going to get this done mm. because there's a fair payback attached mm. to him, given that he would have signed a contract after his Brownlow medal. But I'm, if he's at Hawthorne next year, that ain't going to be good for club nor player, in my opinion. I just What's the question? It's in Tom Mitchell and Hawthorne's best interest to part ways ahead of next season. Yeah, I'll swap right to agree with that. Yeah, I think that, I think that makes sense. Um, he's done some great things at Hawthorne. Tom Mitchell won a Brownlow. He's done great things against Collingwood. He averages over 30 at disposals against them. There you go. So there's a win for Collingwood. That won't happen against them. It, it would just seem to me that Sam Mitchell is chips in on giving as many midfield minutes to the younger guys as possible. So we saw that this year with Liam Shields, who was out of the side a lot because they wanted to give Finn McGuinness um, as as good a chance as yeah, possible. Yeah, and then found a place as a tagger in that side. So I think with John Newcomb and the way he's come on, uh, what they want to do with Ward. So I think it would be a win-win for to Mitchell to go exactly to where someone has a need and that need he can fill because it would seem to me like Hawthorne would probably maybe, and I don't know because it's outside looking in, but I would expect it to be more of the same this year where Sam Mitchell would say, if I have my choice, I'm going to go with the kid. And if, and that means we've got to find a different role for you. Might be starting on the bench. It might be that you're not constantly going through the middle. And that's where Tom Mitchell obviously does his best work, right? Well, yeah, well, that's the only place that Tom Mitchell does uh, his work. So he is one of the best ball winners in the competition. Do you think you'd fit him well at Collingwood? I think there's absolutely a need and, and he could fill that need for them. And, and just get back to doing what, you know, you, you do best and so it's not all on you as well. I think he felt maybe I'm just... I would wonder and I contemplate whether he thought that maybe he had to do too much of the work at times at Hawthorne. So now you would go to a club who's made a prelim and you might not feel that same pressure to have to carry that kind of load and and get and, and Craig McRae would then say to you, here's all I need from you. These are the key areas that I want you to to address and help us with and that's what we're going to aim towards. So I think it would be, I, I swat right, couldn't agree with Gary anymore. I think it would be a win for him and it would be a win for Hawthorne. What's next? Might go to Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody. If they're able to add a fit and firing tipper, Sonny Walters played his best game in the last game of the year. You put Lobb in there. If they have a little bit of luck with Tabernacle and they have some guys in the middle of the ground who can kick some goals, of which they've got some very, very, very talented midfielders, all of a sudden this is a crack at the premiership next year that'd probably come a year or two before people might have thought it. Hold that thought. We'll take a break. I'll uh, swap left or right on that one when we come back. Footy Tinder, Sporting Capital, you can get involved. one 736 736 on the Harcourt's open line or 0433 98 on the 40 Wings temper text. 
Uh, we're playing a bit of footy Tinder where we swipe left to disagree or right to agree uh, with some of the biggest statements made by some of the biggest names in the game. And uh, producer Lincoln, who's in for the first time to present footy Tinder, already has a fan base developing. More Lincoln on air, please. Enter a debate with the Dockers with him at your own risk. Love the show, Sam. There you go. Positive response coming through. Don't mind that. There we go. Uh, you were asking uh, about Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody. What was the question? He has not. Um, I originally had. He has the potential. But I'm going to change it. I'm going to say Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody is the missing piece in Fremantle's premiership puzzle. Ooh, there's there's probably a bit of ball movement stuff um, and maybe some key forward stuff that's the missing piece. But I think he would be a brilliant addition. To Frio, who you've got some great pressure forwards as it is. I really like Schultz's year, um, what Switkowski does. I think Frederick's an absolute jet. And I think when you pl- start to play an f- even faster brand, then Frederick will be it's even more stuff. of a weapon. But what Anthony McDonald Tip and what he does is he has impact. He has impact physically. He has impact defensively. He has impact on the scoreboard. He is, at his best, he's one of the best small forwards. Uh, in the game, and we may have forgotten that, but I think that if he goes to Fremantle, uh, he will have a significant. He will make significant. He'll make you a significantly improved side. Uh, you've got a couple more, haven't you? Got a couple more. Yep. Okay. Stick around. One three hundred seven three six seven three six on the Harcourts open line. You'll move your Harcourts. You can text in zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Just on Taranto. Uh, Tim, the tarantula Taranto, will put the bite on the opposition hitman Hargraves. That's come through. So. And then in terms of good clubs attract good players and clubs who aren't run so well maybe don't. Aaron says St Kilda is exhibit A. Uh, Jeff Walsh is a great appointment, though. Uh, that, that, he will help turn that around. We'll be back with more Sporting Capital and more footy Tinder uh, after this. Uh, welcome back to the Sporting Capital. Thanks for being with us. If you want to get involved, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. You can call the Harcourts open line for all things real estate. Speak to Harcourts for all things sport. I'd love you to speak to me. Uh, you can text in on the Forty Wings temper text. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. Forty Wings serious about sleep. We're most of the way through Footy Tinder, where we swipe left to disagree or right to agree with some of the biggest statements made by some of the biggest names in the game. Producer Lincoln. Is in presenting for the very first time, and there's already fan texts coming through. So, uh, doing a brilliant job, Link. Um, what's next for us on the Footy Tinder menu? What are we swapping on next? We may talk about Jason Horn Francis. But does that diminish no. the, the fact that you've put your hand up and want to go for homesickness reasons? Don't you don't you deal with anyone that can get you back home if you are genuinely that sick of being away? What's the question here? Jason Horn Francis should be open to a move to Adelaide if Port can't get the deal done. Yeah, I, I swap right on that. We've had this discussion before. Some of the advice that's come through from time to time is if you do want to tr- get traded to a club, then just say, I want to get traded to this club. Because once you say home sickness, well, home has two clubs. Um, and then to say, no, 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 but I, won't, I don't want to deal with them. Now, understand Jason Horn francis's family connection. His stepfather, Fabian Francis, played for Port Adelaide. He loves Port Adelaide. Uh, he's had a lot to do with Port Adelaide in his time uh, on the way up. But once you go down the homesickness route, you people get sceptical. Because once you say homesickness, then, well, if it's about getting home, then there's two clubs there. So if Tim Taranto had said, hey, I'm homesick, I want to get back to Melbourne... Well, then the Giants 
go to every Melbourne club and say, give us the best deal. But Tim Taranto said, I want to get to Richmond. So if you're going to say homesick, then then, then the quibbling around, well, it has to be Port Adelaide. Well, no, that's not about home. That's about you'd prefer to play for Port Adelaide. And if that's the case, then I just would have said that. I don't want to be here. I'd rather be at Port Adelaide. Can you trade me? Can you get a deal done for me? So I'd swap right on that. I think if you if if homes and I think that's I actually feel homesickness is genuine. I don't have a problem when players say I'm homesick. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. People say I'll oh, harden up this and, and all that kind of stuff. That and you know I've had people ring in and say, well, if they were a fly-in, fly-out worker, if they were in the army, well, they're not those things. And in this competition currently, with the way it's set up, you do there are options. And one of the options is you go to the club and say, listen, I'm not really liking it here and I, I'm so, it's not about you, it's, it's me. It's like a little break-up. And then, but I want to I see someone else. I want to go and see Port Adelaide. And, and, and I'm well, – sorry, I've just contradicted myself. I want to go home. I miss my family. Um, I miss my friends. I, I want to be at home. And some people say I'd sacrifice anything to play AFL footy. And I get that because – but that's often the statement of someone who wasn't good enough and didn't get the opportunity to. I'm one of those people. I would have given anything to have been good enough to play, and I would have played anywhere if I was good enough. The thing that happens when you are good enough is you get choice, and there are options. And I think we resent that more than we resent what's actually happening because you'd give anything to be in their shoes um, if you weren't someone who was able to make it. So I have no issue with people saying I'm homesick. I think that's valid. But when you say you're homesick, then, okay, let's stick with the homesick. Once you start saying, oh, but it has to be here, well, that's not really about being homesick, is it? You've got your preference, but to say that I won't deal with Adelaide, then I think that's a different thing. And just own the different thing. Luke Jackson said, obviously, he wants to go back to WA, and he hasn't explicitly said, I want to go to Fremont, I want to go to West Coast. Mm. But while it has always seemed more likely he'll end up at Freo, he hasn't explicitly said, I want to go to this club. No, he hasn't declared, but what one thing that he is conscious of is he won't allow himself to be walked. He won't walk to the draft or to the, to the pre-season because he won't want Melbourne to walk away with nothing. So um, West Coast still think they're um, in the game and Tim Lamb from the Melbourne Footy Club uh, yesterday or the day before, I think, told Trade Radio that we're, we, we're looking for the best offer, which when you, you know, when you, any commodity that you've got on the market that's exactly what we're all doing, whether it be a house, a car, and people say this is insensitive, but players, the way that the trade period works is that they are a commodity. They have a value. So you're looking to get the, the best value back towards you as possible. And that's absolutely fair enough as well. 99 times out of 100, he's going to get to where he wants to go, but Fremantle are going to have to stump up. Um, because as Dave Noble said on Trade Radio earlier, if you've committed to a player, then it is on you to get the deal done the club wants. Any others? I've got uh, another one here for you. It is on Kane Corns. There's no audio for this one, Sammy, but Kane Corns is calling for the AFL to increase the minimum contract length for first-round picks from two years to four. Ooh, I'm going to swipe. I've spoken about this one before. I will swipe right. I heard JJ and Julian Stoop saying this was ridiculous, this is silly, this is dumb. I'll swap right on that for, for for a couple of reasons. I know I have just said about the go home, but let's be honest, you can get traded out of a contract. We see it happening all the time. I think when you commit to someone as a first-round draft pick, so and this is not a criticism of Jason Horn francis because things change in life, but Dave Noble spoke about the fact that when they'd had these conversations, he said, no, no, don't, don't bid on Nick Dacos. Take me. 
I want to be the number one pick. I want to come to your club. Now, it wasn't what he thought it would be, and there's been a lot happened since. So I understand I understand that you think, well, this wasn't really what I thought it was going to be, and there's upheaval and all this kind of stuff. So I get all that. But you also, as a club, need the chance to be able to you, – you need the chance to be able to change their mind. Um, players have the option to be traded, but – I think a four-year contract actually does give the player security. I mean, the average career length is, what, four and a half years? Some even first-round draft picks to get the two years and get delisted and never get another look in again. This would actually give them more time in the system to develop, especially because we don't take – we're not like the NFL. So the NFL takes – they're ready because they've had four years mainly of college, and that standard is the second-best standard in the world to play. We take them out of an under-18 competition or in Jason Horn Francis's case, he was playing Sanford Men's, which a lot of very, very good players have come from. I think it can actually help work. And I, and I heard JJ say, well, it would make them want to leave more if they felt like they were forced to be there. But they can still... Jason Horn Francis being asked to be traded with a year left to go on his contract, they're probably going to get done. So there's still options. But, but what this does is also gives some players who develop a bit slower security. And it also gives clubs more of a chance to take a longer-term view with those players. I don't think that they should be on a rookie contract, though, for all those four years. I think it should be the two years, and then you renegotiate based on what they've done. You've still got them for the two years, but you renegotiate uh, and a fair price for what they've done or the potential you think they have, that they should get a a pay upgrade as well. But I like that because I actually think there's protection for the player, and, and there is also a bit of security for the club as well. It's a massive investment, a first-round draft pick. They're not speculative. There's speculative picks that come after, and, you know, whether it be a Brian Lake at pick 70-odd or a Dane Swan at pick 58. Heard was pick 60-something or 70-something. But those first-round draft picks, a lot of time goes into them, a lot of effort, a lot of interviewing, a, a lot of, you know, there's real commitment made to a first-round pick because they are such a valuable asset, a, a, a first-round draft pick. So um, I, I think that two years just isn't enough. I think Kane's comments initially came, it was from last month or so, it was on when Tanner Broom, when you knew he wanted to seek a trade out of GWS. In that specific scenario, a, a deal going from two years to four is not actually going to impact that scenario, which is what Kane was basing the argument off. Yeah, it, um, I would agree with that. Um, and I understand that there are others who, who say that there's just, just no need for it. Like if it's if it's going well then they'll get another contract anyway. And if it's not, then they'll go somewhere else. Sometimes I just don't think it's as easy as that. Sometimes I just don't think it's as linear as that. Um, yeah, I like it for, for both parties involved. Um, this was Tom Boyd, actually, who, who disagrees with this, but he was speaking about um, extending the, the initial contract. I left uh, the Giants with 12 months on my contract. And it, uh, look... In the most, you know, with the most humility, I was probably one of the first to really break the mould of staying at a footy club. Um, I don't think there was too many who forced themselves out after one year. I reckon it was like more like at the end of the second year. I've, I have no, I have no inclination to think that changing the minimum contract for an extra year does anything but serve the clubs um, in particular. And look, again, I love the Bulldogs. I love, you know, I love so much about the AFL. And I'm not here to criticise. I just think that. You know, for all of the wants and needs that the football club does have on its players, which is give us loyalty, give us professionalism, sacrifice your life, you know, we'll pay you well for it. That's the equation that's currently in place. But I also think that in a heartbeat, clubs will cut you, trade you, 
or just, you know, quite frankly, forget about you in the blink of an eye if it suits their overall needs best. And that's what clubs are supposed to do. This is a high-performing industry. This is an industry that is as cutthroat as any in the Australian market. And there's a reason why that's uh, the reason why it's the best product from a sporting point of view that I believe that we have in Australia. So um, I see both sides of the coin. Um, but you can't have your cake and eat it too and say that, you know, we want to keep our players longer, but we're also not going to give them what they need to enjoy themselves at the footy club. So, so there's a couple of really good points in there. And some of it actually backs up what I was saying about the, the cutthroat nature of it. You could be gone after two years and no one will ever pick you up again and you've only had two years to try and find your way. As I was mentioning before, that the transition from a college NFL player after four years to an NFL player is much better because they deal with, you know, it's, a, it's billions of dollars of TV rights as well. So there's the coverage of it, there's the reporting of it, there's the scrutiny on it. So they get they get a handle on all of that, the media attention, the fan attention. They're playing in front of 100,000 you know, 100, people, uh, a lot of those colleges. Um they get accustomed to all of that noise and all of what comes with it uh, at the college level before they make it into the NFL. We don't have anything remotely resembling that. So they, for say it's a Victorian kid, comes from the NAB League, which maybe they might get their Vic Metro v Vic Country game broadcast, but there's, or maybe there's a live stream of their under-18 game, but most of the time we actually don't know, the, we wouldn't know a lot of these draft picks if we fell over them in the street before they actually get drafted. So then they come into this world that is just like nothing that they've ever experienced. Um, we might take them out of home. They might leave home at the 18 years of age, um, get in a new city, first time they might have been away from home uh, at that time. So there is all this adjustment going on with someone who's essentially still going through puberty. Um, that's a lot. That is a whole lot. And it can sometimes take people longer to adjust. Not everyone's going to be Nick Dacos and slot straight in. Others take time and, and to get accustomed to it and to, to, to understand what it takes to be an elite-level professional athlete. And, we, how, you know, we see players that come good in the fourth year, the fifth year, when teams persist with them and, and stick with them. And I just think that gives them more of a chance to do so, longer time to get accustomed. It's either that, and, and Tom Boyd makes a great point, the development side of things can always be improved and how we prepare these guys for that, not just when they get in there and what the clubs do to equip them, but and, and, and the NAB leagues do this as well as they possibly can, but these guys are at school, they have that footy, they've got school footy, they've got um, their year 12, family commitments, all that kind of stuff. You, you, you can't even get close to mirroring the commitment that is required to be an AFL footballer. It's just a, it is just chalk and cheese. It is such a, a quantum leap in such a small space of time. It would be like you would be dizzied by it, I would think. There's nothing like the world of a professional athlete, especially in the biggest game in the country. And to go from nothing like it to right in the middle of it and everything that comes around it, I, I think that's sometimes a longer than two-year proposition. So I'm swapping, what was it? <laughs> so the original question was, Kane Corns is calling for the AFL to increase the minimum contract length for a first-round draft pick from yep. two to four. So you're agreeing and swapping. I'm swapping, right. right. And if, it, if that happens, they've got that four years. If they do move during that time, they still get that guarantee of four years. Um, that's still, that's, the club that takes them is still beholden to that. So it wouldn't be, well, we get him in for one and then we kick him out the door. Look, look what happened. To, I know Jared Brand has been around a little bit longer, but I'll just use an example. of GWS traded for him, he's a former top 10 pick. He'd gone after a year. So it's not exactly the same, but that, that's just how cutthroat, as Tom Boyd saying, the industry could be. Um, 
and here's a suggestion too. Can we just raise the draft age more mature? You, if you can, if there is a, 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 an easy transition from the under-18s into a league um, that's going to be another step up, whether it be VFL, Sandville, Waffle, and then how that filters in, there is the, you can have a couple of overage players playing at the moment. Maybe that the NAB League goes from being an under-19 or an under-20s. Nathan Buckley said he reckon he would have picked Nick Dacos for his team in round one, 2021. So how do you think Nick Dacos would be feeling if he's got another year out of the system? I think that he's the exception, not the rule. So when you look at those players and think, well, who just stepped straight in and looked like they'd been doing it forever? Judd, Rioli, Selwood, Dacos. It's, it's not everyone. They're, they're, the, they're the exception. They're, they're not the rule. And then especially with key position players because they take so much longer. You know, not everyone's a Jonathan Brown. You just step straight in and start winning premierships. Um, it, it, it takes those guys a bit longer. Rucks uh, as well. So there's a whole lot that could be done um, to just tweak this space. But until you change the pathway, until you change, you know, you make the transition an easier one and it's not such a quantum leap from that to then into the system, then, yeah, you might, the four years, I think, might be a good thing. Hey, great job. Thank you, Sam. Very nicely done. I might have to turn your mic up a bit. We'll get you there. <laughs> you're, such a, so, you're so so polite and well-mannered that there's just no uh, no um, abrasiveness to I was the, just sinking back in my chair you're doing it, you to did your it. No, monologue, and yeah, I was loving me it. Me dribble, absolute nonsense. No, great job, Link. Thank you so much. Um, Footy Tinder, on a Thursday night this week, if you've got anything you wanted to add to any of those topics that have been widely discussed uh, over the last week, one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three. 98 uh, 11 16. Uh, on the other side of this, there's a ton of texts that have come through. We'll read through those. Uh, NBL action on tonight. Illawarra, Southeast Melbourne, Phoenix. Um, about five minutes to go in the first quarter. All tied up at 12 apiece with Mitch Creek at the stripe and missing the first. We'll keep you updated on those scores uh, all throughout the evening as well on the Sporting Capital. After 8 o'clock, Brisbane Lion, Humor Cluggage will be our special guest. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.